am the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello. And welcome to My First Time, the podcast where we debate, dispute and discuss a much loved classic of film or TV that one of us has never seen before. Will we see what the fuss is or just be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden and Aiden. And this week we are slamming and jamming in the LA heat to white men can't jump. So Aiden, this was your first time. How did you avoid such a classic piece of uh, early 90s cool... Is there an end to that sentence? Just no, cool. it's just a classic piece of early 90s cool. Cool. You know, like, it was pop culture cool. Sure. It was a movie that cool people liked. It was two cool young, you know, dudes. Dudes. You've never you like, sounded older. You know, you like, you like <laughs> black men doing black things. You like Don't be bad racist. <laughs> I, I guess maybe this was released slightly before my time. Like, it's it's early 90s and I probably was only like four or five six maybe when it was released and then by the time I was probably at an age to watch it you know 10 12 you know whatever parents deem that to be appropriate um it just didn't seem appealing to me by that point it seemed old and I'd missed the boat for it I guess yeah and Eden, I believe although not technically for the purposes of this podcast it is also your first time it is my first time, yeah. But that's um, no surprise to anyone that listened to that last week's episode. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like in during this uh, little sports series, I I don't think I'm gonna have seen any of the films. <laughs> I'm not a sports guy. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, for the person at home that maybe is not a sports guy either, or Maybe you just uh, just missed it because you weren't allowed to rent M-rated movies at that stage of your life. Here's a little rundown just for you. Yeah, 1992's White Man Can't Jump tells the entwined stories of two young basketball hustlers, Billy Hoyle, Woody Harrelson, and Sidney Dean, Wesley Snipes. Billy uses his whiteness and apparent geekiness to fool unsuspecting black street ballers into betting against him in various street ball games. When Billy successfully hustles another hustler, Sidney Dean, it sets the two on a love-hate journey as they pair up to hustle various LA neighbourhoods and attempt to win a major cash street ball tournament. For a film that features lengthy scenes of the pair's basketball games, basketball remains just one of the film's focal points, and perhaps that is what has elevated the film to a cult status. The depth of the story around the two leads, Billy and his Puerto Rican girlfriend Gloria, who has a burning desire to be a contestant on Jeopardy, are on the run from two gangsters they owe money to, while Sidney and his wife and young son are desperate to escape their crime-ridden apartment block in one of LA's dodgiest slums. And the film's honest portrayal of these characters and their at times complex and competing interests gives the comedy sports film an emotional heft. 
White Man Can't Jump was a decent box office success and has become one of the sports film genre's most respected movies, praised by the likes of Roger Ebert for its charismatic stars and its rich characters. But of course, that means nothing today as we hand the reins of opinion over to a man noted for his downright apathy to sport. So what say you, Aiden, is white men can't jump, an all-net swish from the three-point line, or just a rim-rattling brick best left to bounce away into the gutter of history? This film sucks. <laughs> oh, bold. Whoa. Very bold. Whoa. <laughs> I did not like it one bit. Oh, look, that's probably a little bit too harsh, but this film sucks. I really didn't enjoy it. Like, I don't get it. I don't understand the appeal. I think I said on the last episode of this sort of sports series that the thing that you were missing out in sports films, Eden, was the inspiration, you know, the the heart the inspiring story that what makes you want to compete or you know drive in life and and spur you on to great things this film is missing that and that for me is what makes this film suck it takes away the best part of a sports film the inspiringness so you're judging this film because it doesn't fit a very generic formula for what a sports film should be. You want it to be cookie cutter, exactly like every other sports film you've ever seen. When I watch a romantic comedy, I want a hunky guy and a hot girl. (laughs) When I watch a Disney film, I want some sing-along musical elements to it. Uh, When I watch, um, I don't know, an action film, I want someone to get punched in the face and some kind of slightly un... un some kind of slightly um, hard-to-understand accent from Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sly Stallone. You know what I mean? Like, this <laughs> film doesn't have the one thing that makes sports films good. So you don't want to be challenged. Eden, what about you? I was going to say, like, do you think you want, like, a, if, if it was a team of people working together, it would almost immediately have that sort of more inspirational vibe, whereas because it's essentially two guys grifting it yeah it never reaches that like you know coach giving a you know all right we've got to win this time because if we don't then the court is going to be turned into a florist ah we gotta do it kind of thing like there's no kind of team cheer i just felt like it was it was just so surface level as well you know like they you don't really know like he's on the run from you know some mobster type guys but like why or for how long or any of those sort of details are never really determined. Because he he was supposed to throw the match yeah. and he didn't. I also didn't buy the fact that he is a, a quote, nerdy um, dork. Like, the dude, the dude is six foot okay, tall all right, all right. and let's, let's, relatively let's, handsome. Let's woe you down anyway. there. I mean, compared to you, Aiden, of course he's not a geeky geek. But compared to the black street ballers in downtown downtown LA, the people that he must dupe. Yeah, I did. But that's what I mean. Like they could have easily easily gone with like, I don't know, Elijah Wood or someone like that, where it's unbelievable. But it wouldn't be believable. He had to be good. Like he had to have played college basketball. Yeah. Like there had to be 
And he, yeah, he needed to be amazing at it. He needed to be so good, but kind of look like he wasn't going to do well. <laughs> yeah, but the point was, you know, like he's walking off the train at one point and they're like, haha, wouldn't it be a joke to have that guy? Would it? <laughs> he can almost reach the ring. Like, how is it much of a joke? I feel like if I were tall, I wouldn't be any better at basketball, though, <laughs> if I hadn't. Play if I looked like just a tall yeah, but he, dude. I don't think he's tall. Yeah, but... Like he can't even dunk. I've got like middle school kids I teach that can nearly dunk. <laughs> Eden, tell me what uh, your initial opinion of the film was. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I think maybe because it didn't actually feel like a sports movie, I I kind of oh. got on board with it. You know, <laughs> like it uh, it. It was about the grift, you know, and, and and right from the beginning, I thought it had some... I thought it just looked and sounded really funky and cool. <laughs> like, the colours, that sort of early 90s colour scheme in the, like, Venice Beach stuff was really good. That's the my singing first guys, note. The... I wrote, this is an yeah, era I, I would just... love to time travel to. Like, it was just bringing that yeah. early 90s LA vibe so yeah. strong. So I thought that was amazing. And then that, like, first encounter between... Um, oh, what are the two characters? Billy and... Uh, Sydney. Sydney. Billy and Sydney. The first, that, that first encounter between the two of them, um, which is essentially like a fight scene, is goes for such a long time, but is so engaging, so like funny and high energy and almost like non-threatening fight. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed that opening stuff. I'll grant... I'll, I'll grant you that. That first scene, that first sort of 15 minutes or so is really wonderful. Yeah, and I do think that the movie is a bit long. Um, but I think there's some great stuff in there. I'm going to say that I liked it more than The Sandlot. Oh, get stuffed. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Everyone loves The Sandlot, apparently. <laughs> but, I don't, yeah, maybe, the, like... We discussed that, you know, The Sandlot definitely has, like, a kid vibe and a sport movie vibe, and maybe I'm just too old and not enough into sports to enjoy that, whereas this one didn't feel like a kid's movie. I thought some of the characters were really well-developed, especially uh, Billy's wife, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Does, yeah, I think... Shout like out movie. to Gloria. I think Gloria is an amazing character, and I love the whole Absolutely. Jeopardy angle to the movie. <laughs> yeah. And when she actually turns up on the set of Jeopardy because Billy's trying to win her back and he, you know, he he does Full the half-court shot so the security guard sneaks her in. I think I think that's a great angle. And, and then she ends up leaving him because he can't but help, you know, do one last bet to try and help Sydney out. But you kind of yeah. suspect, ah, he'll win her back eventually. But even if he doesn't, it's just like this amazing little love storyline. I really like it. Yeah. Have you seen her in anything else? Uh, Sorry. Uh, no, I, I don't think I have. Um, yeah, no, I, not, nothing off the top of my head. No, I've never seen her in anything, and yet I think the actress is so phenomenal in this movie that it's almost surprising. Yeah. Um, I quite like her little sort of subtle drinking throughout the film. I thought that that was just like a really nice character thing that wasn't really ever directly addressed. It's just something that you notice and sort of like Jeopardy until she rocks up on Jeopardy. It's just this really nice little understory happening. Uh, and it makes her character thoroughly enjoyable to watch. I agree. Did you know that this is one of Stanley Kubrick's 
favourite films. Yeah, I saw that. Why? <laughs> like how? For all the reasons we've just described, Eden. <laughs> Probably because no I don't imagine Stanley Kubrick wanted to watch a sports film for an inspirational speech. I'd say he's more in your camp. In fact, that your your takes and opinions of the film really say a lot about you as as people and as film watchers. <laughs> Aiden wants the like rah feel good moment, and you just want to watch a woman with a drinking problem. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll take that back. I like to see an underdog achieve and that then makes me feel like I can achieve things. They're both underdogs. Billy, no, he's, he's, he's battling the gangsters. Sydney's living in the slums. They're underdogs. No, they make poor decisions in life. That doesn't make them an underdog. <laughs> I like to think my poor decisions make me a scrappy little underdog. <laughs> so, Dan, you've obviously watched this as a kid and things you enjoyed. Or maybe, I guess, an early teen or something. I think I've probably watched this more early 20s. Okay. And I've only seen it once. So, I had vague memories of bits of it but I like didn't even remember the Jeopardy bit like when she actually turned up on the set of Jeopardy I was like oh amazing like I just (laughs) forgot that um so I had seen it once and I remember enjoying it like I remember having positive feelings towards it and um yeah like I think I said on our Sandlot episode that this was one for me where I saw the poster a lot in video stores yes and you know like we grew up in the era of Michael Jordan every kid apart from Eden wanted to be like Mike you know wanted to be cool and have the Charlotte Hornets cap and the you know the bulls you know top and everything so this looked like the sort of movie you wish you could watch if only your mum would let you rent it. And so I think when I was 20 and could finally, you know, just drive myself to the video store and whatever, I was like, ah, I'm going to, like, watch this movie that I wanted to see as a kid, you know? Let's play a fun little game. What was the first film that you went to the video store on your own to get? Like, when you just got your licence or just turned 18 or whatever it was and you could go in and rent anything. Do you guys remember? Because I remember a specific moment. I was like, I'm finally old enough to rent this. I think, I don't know if I have that moment, but I definitely remember the first time I rented an R-rated movie. And that was like, a whole world was like legally opened up to me. I rented a Clockwork Orange and I was like, I can just walk out of here with a Clockwork Orange. This is cool. (laughs) You, Aiden? Yeah, I can't remember that exact kind of coming-of-age movie rental, I think, because, like, I said sort of in other podcasts, like, uh, my parents would often rent movies and I would at, watch them regardless. At the age of 11, you'd already watched Clockwork Orange. <laughs> I think I had, yeah, and it was it was disturbing and brilliant. With your own little matchsticks <laughs> shoved in your eyes. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, but I do what remember, your... like, going to Blockbuster and getting like for some reason getting a copy of um man on the moon like jim carrey as yes. uh, andy kaufman and i'd seen it i think i saw it on tv and it was like one of those ones where i was just like i'm i'm gonna get this and i went to the video store to like get a copy of it to buy <laughs> that's probably my first one for me it was um sid and nancy the um the the film of sid vicious and it, it's it's pretty full on. There's a lot of drugs. You know, there's a lot of death. Uh, it's not a feel-good summer hit. 
but I, as a, a young rebellious teenager, desperately wanted to watch that, and Mum and Dad obviously wouldn't let me uh, until I got my license and went and got it for myself. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. Back to white men can't jump. I feel like Aiden, you were almost asserting before that you think it was very shallow. I, I kind of have the opposite feeling. Like, I remember when he... You know when they finally win the street ball tournament and they get the money they need and everything looks like is going good in both their lives and then Billy feels offended because Sydney's been sort of giving him a bit of trash talk about the fact he can't dunk. And it's the moment where you, the... the the title of the film manifests itself. It's not... Because it's the films... They don't really talk about the fact he can't duck much, but in this moment, they're on a high, they've won the game, and they're in the car, and Billy just loses it, and he's like, I can dunk, I bet you have my half of the winnings. They go to the court, and you know, like, his Gloria, his girlfriend, is at the hotel room, waiting for him to come back. There's a romantic dinner on the table... And you know he's not going to be able to dunk. And I was furious. I was, like, so mad at that moment. I was like, ah, you idiot. You know, you're, you're destroying your life. And I feel like, to me, that, that shows a bit of depth in the film. But I feel like you felt differently. What, what made you feel like it was a shallow character film? Oh, I just... I felt like... I don't know. No one had... Um, no one had growth. No one had any... Um, change of heart because he begins the film as a uh, gambling grifter or whatever and he ends it the same way like I guess I want him to make amends change grow like that's kind of one of the keys to a good storyline for me is that characters evolve do you not think he had changed, but he just couldn't let his friend down? Like, I thought that was the point of the film. Like, he'd given up grifting, but then Sydney's house gets robbed. He's got nothing. He needs to be able to provide for his family. And he gets pulled back into one last job sort of thing. Yeah, I guess it's not long enough between I'm not doing this anymore and I am... Uh, yeah, I'll do it again. I am doing it You wanted a 20-minute side scene where he's just doing his job at the bank and then suddenly in walks Sydney <laughs> Dean. And you're like, maybe he's going to be back. He's going to be not at the bank. Again. I see him more work, working at Foot Locker or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think I can what see... What about you, yeah, man? Yeah, I can sort of see that maybe... It didn't necessarily feel like a lot of growth, but I don't think that that necessarily sort of turned me away from the Billy character. Like, I thought that, you know, the, the Gloria kind of leaves a few times throughout the movie. Um, he's constantly struggling with his, you know, trying not to grift and grifting. And I think, like, by the end, yeah, like, he hasn't changed much, but I think there is a change, and it was enough to kind of make it feel like it's been capped off. But maybe not super satisfactorily like i i said earlier that i thought the movie was about i don't know maybe half an hour too long there i think there was probably just maybe a little bit too much stuff in there that they were trying to trying to kind of justify whereas if it was a tight 90 minutes um and in that tight 90 minutes they yeah kind of had maybe a bit more of a wrap up it might have been a a better film for me Hmm. I think the bit of the film that does show a certain shallowness is the gangsters that you highlighted, Aiden. I do think they're very 
Yeah, they are Very hilarious. Serious. But then it is this comedy, so I don't know. I don't. I feel like they were deliberately trying to keep them light for the comedy. Is it a comedy of though? The film. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I couldn't. It's got I couldn't. That sort of buddy cop banter, you know, where yeah. they're not buddy I, cops. I also but it's though couldn't tell if it was a comedy. Like, <laughs> I was yeah. sort of on the fence. I was like, I think because like that stuff at the beginning where they're all just kind of like you know dissing each other and and playing basketball. I was like, okay, this is funny but then the stuff with gloria really grounds the movie i thought that the obviously the gangsters are quite funny but uh not but I don't really think their intention i don't think the gangsters are meant to be funny i, uh, I thought they, they were <laughs> i think at the point because i remember i wrote down this note i was like what sort of dumbass gangster carries a polaroid booklet of all the people <laughs> they've killed and i was like that is that's just not that is just stupid. But then Dexter. the final scene is them pretending to kill Woody Harrelson and he's posing I you know, see, for the photo. I interpreted... Oh, yeah, Aiden. Yeah, so can we talk about that? I don't really get it as far as what was the point of that. I thought that essentially maybe they hadn't killed anyone, that they were like cowards and always just stage their murder scenes, get a photo of it, go back to their boss and say, hey, look, we... We did the deed. That's how I interpreted it as well. But I was kind of like, D- is he paying them not to kill him? Is that what they're trying to imply? Nah, I think they're just good guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. It almost it almost seemed like the gangsters needed to be the protagonists of their own film. And it just sort of crossed over into this movie yeah, briefly. Yeah. <laughs> as someone who doesn't love sport... Uh, Eden, how did you cope with the quite lengthy scenes of them playing basketball? Yeah, I, I started... I, I did think that some of those scenes were a bit too long. Like I said, I'm, again, I'm going to keep going back to that first one because I thought it was so masterfully kind of done. It was just so action-packed with dialogue. Some of the other ones, though, yeah, I started sort of zoning out during those matches. Um, I did like... I did like the one where, you know, Woody Harrelson's quite geeky looking, sitting on the side, and they're doing the whole, like, oh, all right, you got to play with him. And they're like, oh, no, not him. Oh, no, 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 come on, anyone but him. I, like, I enjoyed that kind of setup stuff, but then I thought the actual games could probably have just been a bit of a montage. Dan, How did you feel? Dan, um, I'm also not a uh, huge sports guy, but is it called a basketball match, as Eden referred to it? Or is oh, it okay. a basketball well, uh, game? A game? Uh, match? Match um, is cricket and things, Battle? <laughs> yeah, I don't think an American basketball person would say match. <laughs> match. I, I do feel like that's <laughs> I, a very... I don't yeah. know. <laughs> is yeah. it a soccer match? Is a soccer match. Soccer match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tennis, right. tennis match? Tennis match, mm, cricket match, ball. basketball game, baseball game. Game. I think game. Americans say game. Game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. A golf match game. Ooh. Golf. Uh, just Ooh. golf. <laughs> Chess match. Uh, Chess match. A hit, a hit of golf. <laughs> Bowling game, bowling yeah. match, bowling comp, tournament, bowling. tournament bowling comp. I like bowling comp. Bowling comp yeah, sounds like alright. Comp. <laughs> yeah. I didn't mind the amount of basketball in it, Dan. Like I can understand basketball as a game. Like I, I would be so bored if the same amount of cricket was in it or baseball because I'm like, 
what is the point of this game? But basketball, I get it, you know, and it's and it is exciting because the ball's going up and down and back and forth and whatever. Um, but if it was twenty minutes of a guy just standing there waiting, fielding, yeah, that would have um, got old quick. Yeah, yeah. Have you? That's yeah. Fair. Do you? So do you watch basketball, Aiden? I remember watching basketball a lot as a kid. Like my family, uh, I. Gee, maybe one or two years, I'm not sure, but we had like a set seats at the uh, the Geelong Basketball Supercats, um, which we shared amongst the family. Like, so it was like every second week we went and the other cousins went the other weeks or something like that. I can't remember, it was like one or two years. And I did really find it really exciting. You know, they've got um, 90s hip hop playing really loudly and, um, it's hot you know, dogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I get basketball. I get okay. the excitement there. I went to, I saw the Bulls play in Chicago when I was there a few years ago. Wow. Beca- because, because it's Chicago. Yeah. Basketball is a big thing. Um, and I had a great time, but I thought the basketball itself was just like ridiculous. Like they, they. It, yeah, like you said, it goes up and down the court a few times, and then they stop, and there's like you know, then they're shooting t-shirt guns out. There's some ads, there's some cheerleaders. That's and all you great. Were, like <laughs> you were mostly just looking for Jack Nicholson on the court, you know, tapping yeah. his foot and things. <laughs> that would have been amazing, but no. Like, and then it would just like cut, like it felt like over the entire three-hour game or something, or however long it was, it felt like a long time. They played maybe a total of ten minutes of basketball. <laughs> And the rest was just like hype. showman kind of, yeah, hype, filler. <laughs> but you enjoyed the hype. I, I enjoyed the hype, but then was like, I don't, I don't actually get how these scores are working and why they keep stopping after each thing. I was like, what's going on? Like, play the game, goddammit. <laughs> yeah. My favourite my favorite memories of a basketball match is similar to that. I went in LA to see the Lakers and the Lakers won fairly comfortably and I and think who they had they... some sort of sponsorship with Taco Bell and at the end of the match <laughs> like everyone's just over it like the last quarter was really boring but the announcer's got to do his job and he's like and everybody gets tacos <laughs> and there's like everyone had vouchers for like if the Lakers win you get a free taco and he's like just pumping it through the auditorium, you know, the arena, and everyone's just trudging out. And there were hundreds of thousands of these taco vouchers uh, everywhere. You could see them for miles around the <laughs> arena, just scattered on the floor. Who were they playing, Dan? Was it the Utah Jazz or the no. Charlotte Hornets? No, or it was the, the Portland. Uh, Portland. That's, Portland. The, Port, that's the Portland Power. The, the Port Power. Not the Port Is Power. <laughs> the Port... Okay, right. <laughs> I, I thought you were serious kind of then for a second. Um, the Portland Rangers. That's that a good right. guess, but no. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Rangers is closer. It's the Portland Trailblazers. Ah, yeah, I figured Portland is a heavily forested state, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel like it had a had a connection. Yeah. I think you win well, that. Oregon. Oregon's Port, Port the state, yeah. Not quite. <laughs> My last comment on White Man Can't Jump, and it doesn't have to be the final comment, feel free to jump in with your own last comment, was I was tickled by one of the Jeopardy scenes, actually, where it's food starting with Q, 
and <laughs> it's a fruit. And this, the woman says quince, the, the Gloria, the girlfriend. And everyone's like, how has she ever heard of quince? And I was like, well, <laughs> clearly quince paste wasn't such a yeah <laughs> frequent thing on our cheese boards in 1992. <laughs> uh, I didn't yeah, know that, was... that supposedly Adam and Eve ate quince in the Garden of Eden, though. I learned that from the fake Jeopardy scene. I was nice. interested in that. Well, it's yeah. never really specified which fruit. It's it's no, just but, the forbidden fruit. It gets depicted as apple a lot. Yeah. No, I, th- I, I really like that. Je- I, I love the Jeopardy scene. I thought it was great seeing Alex Trebek uh, in Jeopardy Younger. again. Yeah, young Alex Trebek just doing his good old Jeopardy best. <laughs> Well, as uh, Eden just froths on a little bit of jeopardy there, I think it's the perfect time to have a quick break. We will return after these messages. Sometimes I dream that he is me. Got to see that's how I dream to be. Let's get into the scoring of this basketball game. iPhone test. Aiden. One. Ooh. I was on my phone a lot. Ouch. It was, well, you know, we've discussed the lengthy, long basketball scenes. Like, that's kind True. of iPhone prime territory right there. Like, there's literally no dialogue going on. It's just, you know, throw it to me. I'm here if you need. No way, that's netball. But anyway. <laughs> Eden? Yeah, my iPhone test is going to be a little low uh, because of the length, because of those uh, lengthy basketball scenes. So I'm going to go a two. Um, I thought that any scene that Gloria Gloria was in, I was riveted. Do you have a crush uh, on Gloria? Is that what's a little happening bit, here? A little bit, yeah. yeah. All yeah, those steamy hold- sex scenes. She holds her booze well. <laughs> Did you say... Did you say booze or boobs? Booze, booze, booze. <laughs> I thought you said boobs too. I swear <laughs> you did. Uh, for me, iPhone test. Oh, look, I think it's a pretty, uh, pretty breezy, pretty interesting. I'm going to give it a three. It's not the, you know, those, those basketball scenes were long. But for me, generally, held interest all the way. Cultural significance. What do you reckon, Aiden? Yeah, I remember seeing the poster like everywhere at, at Blockbuster Video Easy, uh, Network Video, or whichever your local was. Um, but I'm not sure terribly much came out of it as far as like launching anyone's career or um, 
catchphrases had anything to do with Woody and Wesley going on to fairly significant Hollywood careers. I think both of them were already pretty established by this point. Yeah, when did Woody Harrelson jump into Cheers? That would have been well before this. Yeah. Yeah, but you got to make the jump to Hollywood. You can't yeah, just he, in this he'd era. Done... TV people were trash. You didn't just yeah, go TV he, to film. He'd done lots of films. Like the dude uh, can prove act. it. Prove it. <laughs> oh, what's his filmography before White Men Can't Jump? Please hold. <laughs> Curious as well. All right, I got it. I got it. There is absolutely nothing of note before White Men Can't Jump, apart from Doc Hollywood, but that was a Michael J. Fox feature, so it's clearly not yeah. Woody's own film. I was going to suggest Doc Hollywood. There's also L.A. Story. That was a pretty... Well, that was a he has an uncredited title. role as station manager. This is like his breakout oh. <laughs> film. This is a significant thing. Yeah. After White Men Can't Jump, Indecent Proposal, Natural Brawn Killers, The People vs. Larry Flint, Kingpin, Wag the Dog, Thin Red Line. This is the Woody Harrelson launcher. Yeah, I think he could be right, actually. Yeah, not a launch of his career, but maybe, yes, for films, it is, I guess, a crossover for him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we <laughs> weren't interested. good to be right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Clap it up. <laughs> Drink it in. Um, I'm still standing by it, though. Like, there's nothing really catchphrase or moments that are recreated on The Simpsons for parody reasons. There's nothing really referenced in the film or out of the film, uh, in other films of this film. You know, um, I've said the word film way too many times in the last two sentences, but... Give, give us your number, film boy. <laughs> Gee, again, I think it's probably one. Aiden. I I got to agree with pretty much everything that you've said, Aiden. I, I you know, I think that it is uh yeah, well obviously it's been proven to have launched Woody Harrelson's film career, but there wasn't a huge amount of things in it that I'd heard of before. Um I've heard the title before. That's about yeah. it. I yeah. Um but yeah, and so like you know, I was saying that uh, like Sandlot, you know, you, looking back at another sports movie that we've just done, which had just so much cultural significance because of the music and because of just like that sort of era in America. Eh, I'm gonna go with a two for White Men Can't Jump. Yeah, look, I don't think this is uh, hugely significant culturally. I did see on Wikipedia that Blake Griffin a few years ago was involved in trying to produce some sort of remake. They did make an Atari game of it at the time. What? (laughs) So, So I feel like... Look, I feel like at the moment it was a big deal, and I think it remains on just about every best sports film of all time list that I came across. Uh, so I'm going to give it a three. We're going one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah. Let's see what we can do for returnability. Aiden. Uh, again, I'm not going back. It's a one again. Like it's, <laughs> I didn't, like I didn't hate it. I'm not giving it a zero, but it's just one. Like it's just, yeah, sucked. Like I said at the beginning. Aiden. Yeah. Well, keeping with the trend, I guess, 
I also didn't hate it. I thought it was a good movie. I, I did like it better than Sandler. I don't think it necessarily uh, is as significant as that movie, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with a two. <laughs> I'm going to give it a four. Not because, well, I very rarely ever want to watch a movie a second time. I don't like reading books a second time. I don't love watching films or TV a second time. It's not something I do. But if this is ever on free-to-air, or if this was just playing somewhere, I would, like, stop and watch it and, like, thoroughly enjoy the fact that I'm watching it. So I'm going to give this one a four. I think it's very returnable. I think it's visually, uh, visually strong. And I think it's got a, it's got the comedy sort of buddy cop sort of thing going on. It's got the sport. It's got Gloria. What else does it need? Hey, Aiden. Partner yeah. friendliness. What did you think, Aiden? Yeah, I think there is something in this for a date night. I think there's enough. Uh, yeah, I, I, two and a half. I'll, I'll throw it out there. It's it's a middle of the road as far as a, a date night film. Yep, I'm the same. Uh, I think that it's a... I think it's a good film for a date. I'm going to give it a three. Yeah, I think it's got the laughs. I think it's got the drama. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Uh, and, and Ash was very excited when I raised the prospect of this. She ended up having to work while I watched it, but she was disappointed. So it's one that she's seen previously and enjoyed, and she's definitely not a sports film enthusiast. So I think it's definitely got a date night vibe. Well, I don't think it's going to be uh, barnstorming uh, the charts here in the My First Time leaderboard, but uh, let's have a little break while we uh, tally up these numbers. Prepare yourself for the ultimate sporting challenge, the all-new NBA Jam Tournament Edition at Time Zone. Mass up against Pippen, Barkley, O'Neal, and a whole galaxy of new NBA stars. There's more stats, more moves, more blocks, more rebounds, and more assists. And the leanest, meanest, roughest, toughest, slam fest in the land. NBA Jam Tournament Edition. It's a whole new ball game. NBA Jam Tournament Edition. First at time zone. It's Alfred. All right, well, the scores are in. And look, there's no overtime here. It's, uh, it's... It's a loss for white men can't jump. It's it's not cracked the top 10 or anything like that, but it's a respectable 32.5. That score of 32.5 puts it fractionally above films such as The Room, The Breakfast Club, BMX Bandits, and just below some delights such as Dirty Harry, Dungeons and Dragons role-playing, and would you believe it, a whole two points behind Twilight. So that podcast is a long time ago, but I'm not quite sure how Twilight got (laughs) (laughs) 34.5. Not not jumping for joy with that one. I've had that written down as waiting for the good moment to say it in the podcast because it's the title, White Men Can't Jump, and I was trying to tie it in. That clearly wasn't the moment, but I don't think they were ever going to find a good moment to say that line. I think you found as good a moment that was ever going to present itself. All right, well, that's our second sports film sitting right in the middle there and a solid six points behind the Sandlot. Do you feel like so far Sandlot v White Men Can't Jump, we're happy with that outcome? Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, Like I said, preferred White Men Can't Jump to Sandlot, but 
I can respect Sandlot for being more culturally significant than Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't say that. Right, right, I didn't Eden, say that. Eden, we can't just dwell on the points table. It's time to move on. Uh, <laughs> next week, we will be covering the Australian classic, A My First Time for Me, an Aussie rules lover, a film lover, bringing these two things together with 1980s The Club. Uh, I'm excited about this one. Have either of you seen 1980s uh, great Australian film The Club? I think you know the answer to that, Dan. There is no <laughs> way in hell either of us have seen this film. No, in fact, there's a I'm chance really... Eden has seen this. It's based on a David Williamson play, and we That's know right. Eden is a drama nerd. <laughs> I am a drama nerd, and uh, I don't know if I've seen the play so or if I've just read. I or if I've. Re- I think I have read it though. I think I own a copy of it downstairs. <laughs> I'm very excited by this one. We've got. We've got Jack Thompson, we've got John Howard, the actor, we've got Graham Kennedy, the king of TV, and music by Mike Brady of Up There Kazali fame. So uh, I'm super excited for this one. Uh, I don't know about you guys, I feel like Aiden, you just want to tear your eyeballs out, and I feel like, Eden, you're slightly excited because we're in David Williamson territory. Yeah, I am excited for that, but I am very scared of the rough 1980s visuals and themes of this film <laughs> are we gonna see some mullets is that what i'm picturing oh might be a fraction early for mullets i reckon uh, you're gonna get a lot of 1970s like you know soft and perm- hair perm- and yeah. moustaches and yeah okay. all right it'll be good um, yeah not excited no 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 definitely not um <laughs> hey one last bit for you just because you've been so down on white men can't jump i have yeah. to tell you that it is written and directed by the writer of Bad Boys 2. Number two. Yeah. Is number two, two the good. better one? Yeah. Yeah, two was good. <laughs> two was your favourite one, was it not? Yeah, t- two is the much loved Are you favorite. reevaluating people... any opinions now? No, it just means that he can write well for a, um, great black actors. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> what? You can't say that? I can say that. <laughs> Don't look at me like I'm alienating our audience or offending. I th- I'm praising. You're praising Stop a with white the man's ability to mimic the black voice. That's what you're doing. What? Uh, uh, this is awkward. When are we doing music? When are we doing albums? <laughs> we did albums the Enya album. It was great. <laughs> no, nah, we're doing delightful. a series of we're doing a series of albums next. I can tell you that right now. Well, this let's white, end this. We're done. I'm out. White of here. albums only. <laughs> we'll call the series "White Man Can't Album." <laughs> I want a hunky guy.